Tandem Nomads, replay of episode 41. The week where this episode is aired online is the first episode of Tandem Nomads in the year 2018. So I want to use this opportunity to now wish you a beautiful and happy new year 2018. I wish you all the best to all of you Nomad Nation. So this year, Tandem Nomads podcast episodes format is going to change a little bit where I will be doing a little more solo episodes, sharing with you some detailed techniques and insights and advice on how to build a portable business on the marketing aspect and business development and also on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. I am really excited to be able to share with you all of that in the next episode. But before doing that, I decided to choose this episode um, to replay for you as we're starting this new year. And I thought of the importance of planning our years and being proactive and mindful about how we are making the best of our experience abroad and making sure to be mindful and to really sit down and think of our life goals and life plans and of course of our plans with our career and our portable business. So I wanted to bring back to you an episode with our guest here who shares with you her story, how she moved from a country to another, gave up her career to join her husband abroad and I loved how our guest here spent the time and in insisting on the importance of planning and how did she decide to learn from her lessons and plan her career on the move to build her portable business. Just for your information, this episode was recorded in the early 2016, so it's still very accurate. But I made sure to remove some of the parts where she talks about uh, some of the riots that happened in Zambia. I thought that it would be um, not so relevant at this point to go into the details of the riots. But also, I want to let you know that since then, uh, Kirsten has moved to another country, Uganda, and uh, it, uh, it's a country that for me means a lot because that's um, it turns out that her kids are now in the same school where I was when I was a kid so it's a very funny story and that makes me very excited when she sent me the pictures of her kids school anyhow a small bracket here just to share with you this funny anecdote also a little note is that Kristen has rebranded her business to Clarity Compass Career Coach. But in any case, with any further ado, I'll let you listen to this great episode um, with Kirsten Thisman. So if you're not allowed to work, you know, that can be very frustrating. It can be very demotivating. But that's where you have to make your plan convert it in such a way that you're still being able to find that fulfillment and to live your own plan. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show designed to help expat partners turn their dual career challenges into a successful portable business and thrive in their global nomadic life. To download your free guidebook on the six steps to build a successful portable business, go to tandemnomads.com. Hello, Nomad Nation. This is Emel Deregi, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Kirsten Degrelin Wisman. Kirsten, are you ready for the ride? Absolutely. Kirsten is Dutch-Canadian, raised as an expat child across the Netherlands, Canada, the Dutch Antilles, the US, France and Spain. 
Kirsten then settled and built her career in the Netherlands as a program manager and career advisor in universities. In 2007, although she was offered three major positions by various universities, she took the decision to leave her promising career to join her French-Finnish fiancé. He was sent to Albania for his job. Since then, they had two boys and have been moving across Africa to Cameroon, Burkina Faso, and now they live in Zambia. While moving from a country to another, Kirsten has been able to take few job assignments, but also trained to become a certified coach. Today, she is helping expat partners redefine their identity, rediscover their passion, and reconnect to a life and career they love. So, Kirsten, this is a short overview of who you are. Is there anything I missed? And tell us what's happening in your life today. I think you've cap- captured it very well. I, uh, I don't have much to add there at the moment. Um, what's happening in our life at the moment is that we're in a bit of a rocky... Uh, a, a rocky environment since last week there's been quite a few uh, riots which have a xenophobic um, tint to it sadly mm-hmm. and um, there seems to be quite a bit of unrest around some mysterious and suspicious murders there and the Zambians are revolting. So mm. they're actually saying, you know, what's happening isn't right and what's the police going to do to stop it? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a bit, it's, there's a bit of unrest going on and at times it's very close to home. So, um, yeah, we, we deal with it. We try to explain it to the kids without too many details and, yeah, life goes on, but still. How do you deal with it knowing that, you live there, that's your home now. I think you take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> it seems to be calming down this week. That's at least what I pick up. But last week, I wasn't having a great week, no. Um, and it's very easy to then slip into the negative mindset, you know. Um, but Zambia is a great place to be. And it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to leave here yet. But without jeopardizing anyone's safety, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think we're in a lot better position than many of the locals, sadly. You mm-hmm. know, that's, I guess this is one of the benefits of being an expat. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. Take us to when you decided to join your husband abroad and how did you make that decision? I joined uh, my husband, who was my fiance at the time. Um, to go to Albania at the end of 2007. Um, and to be honest, I didn't give it much thought. Mm-hmm. I realized that when he came home with the news, the same day that I had three job offers that I really, really wanted, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to tell me that his job was going to take him to Albania, I had one day of just feeling really, really not feeling so great <laughs> because I thought, oh my God, I've been working this network to get my own jobs organized for the last 10 months and it's actually happening. Um, I did decide to just follow because I didn't see our relationship surviving otherwise. Albania, it felt like it, I was going to a whole different continent. I didn't know much about Albania, uh, except for the capital being Tirana. Um, 
And I thought, well, if I want us to survive, I will have to follow along because a distance relationship isn't going to work to Albania. Mm -hmm. um, so you went there without giving it a thought, really, but just for the sake of your relationship. So once you got there, how did it go for you? Coming to Tirana was... It was exciting. It was absolutely exciting. It was very different <laughs> you know it was very different from from what i'd seen it was my first time to yeah the former eastern european part of the continent and um you know albania had only opened up from communism 20 years earlier so it was still um it, it is still very much in its developing stage by the time we moved there and we we had a lovely time it was a great place to be we the Albanians are wonderful people. In terms of professionally, how did you manage? Because you said you quit your job, although you, you had these offers mm -hmm. and uh, this dream job that you always wanted. So what did you do to settle down in Albania? Well, that was a bit of an issue, I guess. Because four months into being there, I have a, a big personal crisis because I didn't feel that I was me. I didn't feel that I had any purpose to my life. Um... The walls were crowding in because, I mean, I'd followed him, but I didn't have a plan. You went there, but you didn't have a plan. And I think that's a very important point you're bringing up here. Because a lot of expat partners, when they start in this journey the first time, they do not have a plan. And this is yeah. one of the main messages I want to share here, is how important it is to actually prepare the ground before we move. Absolutely. It's vital. <laughs> it's, I don't do it like that anymore. Yeah. No, it's actually, uh, when I work with clients, it's really, what's your own plan? Draw your own plan. Yes, you can follow your partner, but what's your plan? What do you want to do while you're in your next country, while you're going home? Um, what is your purpose, you know, for going there? Um, what impact do you want to have? What do you want to do? And that's a very tough question for a lot of people. And I learned from it the hard way because four months into it, I had an emotional crisis. And my husband comes home to someone who's bawling her eyes out and he's in total shock. What happened? Well, the one question of what do you want to do changed everything because within a, within a week, I had enrolled in my coach training that I had wanted to do and that was I was meant to do while working for the business school before so I'm off to Finland because that was the closest location where I could go and uh, and do the intense course once into it I realized what I really really wanted was mm -hmm. becoming a certified coach okay. and to do that through at that time the only internationally recognized institution that has changed a lot since 2007 but at that time it was the only institution mm. and they were an American um, coach university yet they had they were spreading their wings worldwide and they had the opportunity for me to follow their fast-track course in Helsinki mm, okay so that saved me a year of studies by going to Helsinki for two weeks. I had a whole fast-track training, very intensive, with um, I, me being the only foreigner 
in that program. So we had about 15 to 20 Finns participating in and me. So that was a, a very interesting experience also with respect to my husband being half Finnish. So for me culturally, that was, was very interesting. Now, from there, besides doing my, my coach training and continuing that through distance learning over the years to follow, um, I also started working in Albania for the American University, one of them. Anyways, I um, had established a network, but there's no way I cannot work in education. Education is my thing. Um, and I had started networking at the universities there. I'd figured out which ones were international because my level of Albanian was definitely not enough to get me by in a job at all. <laughs> um, I learned a lot of Albanian while I was there, but uh, not, not, no way I could do that, what I do. Um, so I ended up working at the American University in Tirana, which was fantastic. But the day, again, the day that they told me, yes, let's go ahead, you're going to come and work for us part-time and set up the career services department here for our bachelor students, um, I found that I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, my God, that's the perfect timing. <laughs> mm. Again, for cutting things short. But anyways, I still managed to put in seven months of um, work at the university and had a fantastic time doing that. Wonderful. Um, um, I think that was one of the best things I did in Albania for me was to also work in a local environment. So yes, it was the American University, but it was all Albanian students and majority Albanian colleagues. And it was a great way for me to learn more about the culture, to learn more about the language, because I was, I was definitely learning five to ten different words a day. So by the end of two and a half years in Albania, I was able to have a pretty decent conversation in Albanian and, and survive on the streets because initially it felt like I was a mute. You know, I could walk down the street and I would not know if someone was talking to me, if someone was shouting, um, if people were talking about me, which they did because my husband is half a head shorter than me. And that in Albania was just the most bizarre thing for people. So you could hear the gossip. You could hear the gossip behind you. Like, look at that, look at that. You know? <laughs> um, so tell us, because that's, that's just the first part of your journey. So tell us yes. real quick, how did you go through all the other countries then? And how did you build up your business? And what has helped you in doing that? Okay, what has helped me in doing the whole adventure is persistence, I guess. Persistence. And motivation to execute my own plan for me that would benefit everyone else but um my step into albania without a plan didn't repeat itself no i actually worked with a coach to make my blueprint of yeah basically a skeleton of what is important to me and then i could modify that to my local my new local circumstances so albania um ended a bit suddenly um, when my husband's contract was not renewed, which they told us right before Christmas, which was a great Christmas gift, not really. But anyway, mm. <laughs> um, we moved out of Albania without having another job to go to. Oh, okay. And by that time, we have a six-month-old baby. That must be stressful. 
It was stressful. Thank God for having great parents on both sides who supported us and who housed us and who took care of us. And um, that was quite, quite impressive. And we're very grateful for that, together with some friends who allowed us to stay in their apartments or houses and things like that. Um, but we ended up moving to Cameroon, which wasn't really my my wish, but you know, the um, economic crisis hit Europe really hard at that time. So there was no opportunities for us to stay. And Cameroon was it. Um, and though I didn't want to go, I thought I've done Africa without kids professionally before. I never thought I'd bring my kids to Africa. But here I was bringing my child back to Africa and to Cameroon. And we moved to Yaoundé. Um, I wasn't so excited about going. And then the, at the end of the first week, my husband has to go for a trip to the Congo. Mm. And he gets kidnapped in Kinshasa. Oh. So okay. <laughs> I definitely did not want to stay. But, you know, I couldn't go back. There was no opportunities there either. So what do you do? You stay, even in a panic state like that, you know. And that was in Kinshasa. It wasn't where we were living, but still... I didn't know anyone at that time, so um, I just met my neighbors, and thank God for those awesome neighbors, because they um, they definitely took care of me, because I bolted to their house when I found out, and I was in a panic. Brought my little one around, and they just said, don't worry, we're going to take care of all of this. <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen? On top of his colleagues, who also came, uh, came around and said, look, we're, it's all taken care of, and it was only for a day which was lucky, but it was a bit of a scary ride for my husband. And, um, and did you uh, stay then in Africa after that? We did. We stayed in Africa. We stayed in Cameroon for, again, a shorter period than we were supposed to because, um, again, things didn't work out professionally for my husband. Um, so we were actually deciding that, okay, we're heading back to Europe and we're going to stay in Europe. But... The day that the container is supposed to be shipped off from Yaoundé to France, um, my husband gets the confirmation that he has a job in Burkina Faso. So <laughs> we managed to call the port to stop the container being on the Bring that over back. <laughs> exactly. It was almost being loaded onto a, a container ship, but none. And we managed to stop it, and it was redirected to Burkina Faso instead. Um, so we were in Burkina Faso for about one and a half years, and we had our second baby in at that time. I didn't deliver him there, but um, I, yeah, I had a taste of Burkina before I was born. Had my baby in Europe and came back to Burkina, which was. Um, Culturally and people-wise, an incredible experience. Climate-wise, my big, biggest enemy. I, I, I really struggled with that. I never knew how, how extreme heat would affect me. I thought I was always bit quite weatherproof, and you know, mm -hmm. up to 40 degrees, I was fine. But with the extreme climate of Burkina, for about seven years, seven months per year. Um, with temperatures above 40, <laughs> yeah. my days were very short and my energy was just gone. So I wasn't a very happy person there, mm. except 
super grateful for the wonderful people I met and the Burkina Bay. But uh, coming to Zambia, where we are still today, um, thanks to those neighbors in Cameroon still, because our neighbors worked for Catholic Relief Services, and they did something for my husband and, and as in a recommendation that we didn't know about. So then this job came by and my husband applied and they found a recommendation for him in their computer system. Yeah. <laughs> so here we were. That was definitely with him him getting the interview. He, he managed to get this job here and Zambia has definitely been a place where I was able to reconnect with myself mm -hmm. and really come up with a plan for what do I want and I wanted my traveling business and that's where we are yeah. it's working it's um, it's taken off this year and it's been a lot of hard work a lot of again motivation persistence and having my plan I've given myself I guess I've given myself a deadline I said if I want this business and if I want to pursue my coaching business, which is my portable career, I have to make it in Zambia. If I don't manage to make it in Zambia, I need to come up with a different plan. Mm -hmm. So um, I got down to getting more specialized because I, I loved career coaching and I just wasn't certified to be a career coach. Uh, I am now. I started as soon as I got here. And thank God for distance learning and things like that. You know, have an internet connection, be able to download your classes, and you're pretty set. Yeah. So it's definitely, this is not at the time that I grew up as an expat child, and there's no internet. Yeah, this you know? is an important point you're bringing up here. If I try to, you know, take away some of the lessons of your amazing adventure and journey, I think we insisted quite a lot on the fact of having a plan. That's one of the most important yes. things for expert partners to do. Work on knowing what they want to do and, and you know, where do they want to go with their life on the long term, not just locally and short term mm. to those countries where we're going. And the second thing is how important it is to embrace technology and internet, which has made such a big difference for expat spouses. A huge Absolutely. difference. Absolutely. I think it allows you to do so much more and to be so much more than, let's say, 30 years ago. Definitely. Um, it's, you know, my husband's family, um, my, my, my parents-in-law, they were also living the expat lifestyle and it was because my father-in-law was a wildlife conservationist so but they lived in the bush hey they lived in the bush mm, yeah. and I don't know how my mother-in-law survived that sometimes it's um, <laughs> it's crazy and when I grew up we grew up in in developed countries still as an expat but and even though my mother wasn't able to work in those places, she would find all the volunteer projects that she could. So if you're not allowed to work, you know, that can be very frustrating. It can be very demotivating. But that's where you have to make your plan, convert it mm -hmm. in such a way that you're still being able to find that fulfillment and to live your own plan. Yeah. Be that through volunteer work or be that through distance work. 
um, there are opportunities and it's the creativity that that then comes in where you're able to to do what you want to do and get the experiences that you want to have and walk away with when you leave. Do you have any practical tips on how to prepare our plan before we move to a new country? Anything practical and specific? Yes, I do. I would say, first of all, have your your overall, know your purpose. You call it a purpose or calling or mission, your personal mission. Have that. With that, it, 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 it's, a, it's a guiding principle for what you want out of life. And you can get that together by, I don't know, looking back and say, okay, imagine that you're in your 90s sitting in a hammock or in a rocking chair somewhere looking back at your life. What do you want your life to have been about? Mm-hmm. Um, and And... You know, keeping the end in mind. It really is. Keep the end in mind and then work backwards. So for you to achieve that kind of life, what do you do? Where? What are your steps along the way to get there? Because with that as a guiding principle, you can actually take a lot more balanced choices and you don't fall into a yes trap where you just say yes, yes, yes at everything that comes your way. Well, in the end, it's not going to give you the fulfillment that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but know what you want. Know Um, where you want to go, what you have to offer, and based on that, plan your next steps and make sure that those steps are realistic, make sure that they're achievable, um, and that they're clearly defined. So, Those are really great, great tips. The fact that you say how important it is to just imagine that we're 90 and we're looking back at our life and what do we want it to be about. And it's Mm. not just about, we talk a lot about, you know, career and tandem nomads because that's one of the main ways that we do create that, you know, independence we want to mm-hmm. to feel fulfilled and to feel happy because mm-hmm. it's not only about money, it's also about, you know, that feeling of accomplishment. So this is exactly, exactly what you're saying here. What have I achieved out of my life? And I like the fact that you said then build, you know, the steps and get to know what you need to do to get there. And make Absolutely. it realistic and achievable. Yes, and you'll have to test it into your local standard, you know, and, you know, depending on the environment you are, um, you won't just have all the opportunities waiting for you Mm -hmm. Um, you because of the, (laughs) you have to create them indeed. And, you know, it's a principle that goes for professionals as well. Work can consume so much of your life. Do you really want to be stuck in a job that doesn't give you any fulfillment? Mm-hmm. How how is that gonna give you any or happiness? How's that gonna, mm-hmm. exactly? How's that gonna have your life? Because you spend so much time in an office or or traveling for work, going all over the place. Yet you're not able to get any motivation from it. You're not able to get any energy from it. So even in that setting, I would always say, where do you want to go with your life? And with that decide which job which job is right and is a stepping stone it's about putting your stepping stones in place so that it actually guides you along mm-hmm. and uh, it's a waste being stuck into doing something that you don't enjoy that doesn't energize you that doesn't give you any personal development or professional development and 
time is ticking, you know, I think economies are also changing. So when you repatriate and if you um, haven't done anything that has given you a valuable learning curve or uh, where you've been able to implement skills that you've got and, you know, where you've been able to develop your so-called genius, mm-hmm. um, then employers are also not going to be waiting and opening their doors for you when you repatriate. Yeah. And, then, and then what? Then you're really stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so important to think about it because that day will come for most people. Yeah. where they're going back and then you have a massive gap when your CV do you really want that then you'll never be able to do what you really want to do either it's a very good point yeah very. so how do you help your clients know what do they want for their life I um, I start with their life purpose I start creating that which is the toughest exercise for most people mm-hmm. because it's about looking what's really important to them It's like, it's, it's digging into, it's, it's doing the soul searching. It's doing, giving your purpose, but it's about what's important to you is in your values. What's important, what motivates you, you know, part of it is money, but there's so much more towards motivation than just money mm-hmm. that gives you the lifestyle. But, um, it's the inspiration. It, it's, um, looking at your skills, you know, who, who, who are you with everything that you've you've accumulated over the years be that through studies be that through work experience be that through life experience and volunteer work or student activities um all these things matter and the the key is to find a bit of a theme through there to guide them along in that discovery process to what is important from there it is Um, defining then what fits that as a tool to get you to your vision. Mm-hmm. To like your vision. Like said, it's building the blueprint, right? Yeah, it's building that blueprint. Mm-hmm. And um, from that, you can start building your network. And thank God for social media. There, It's so vibrant and it's so valuable. Um, if I see how powerful LinkedIn is in Africa, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, job opportunities do come up a lot more easily for me, for example, here than in Europe. Very interesting, um, huh? Very interesting because you're 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 not part of the average professional. Um, coaching here in Africa, in Southern Africa, is a lot more known and a lot more popular than in other parts of Africa, for example. Um, though the world is ready for it here to get coaching, it's not something that they're fully familiar with yet. So we're, I'm, I'm building and, and opening up doors here too. But It's amazing how, you know, you've been talking about your challenges in Africa and, and, you know, how despite the fact that you're enjoying it, the day-to-day life is not as easy as maybe in developed countries. But at the mm-hmm. same time, and what I also noticed when I was living in developing countries is the amazing opportunity it brings us to make a difference and to actually be different. And bring Absolutely. new services and open new doors to the in areas yeah. that are not familiar in those um, in those countries. So it's it's a great opportunity to be able to live there and do that. Yes, I agree. I think it's been a great opportunity for me because it's given me um, the space to gain a lot of valuable experience uh, in an area that's very popular 
um, in the Americas or in Europe or Asia where there's more funding, where there's more people have access to more money. Um, so these services are a lot more common knowledge. Well, here I've, I've absolutely seen it as an opportunity for me to grow professionally and personally. And I'm not sure I would have had that same steep um, growth part. Yeah, growth track. Um, if I had stayed in Europe, mm-hmm. um, I, it's it it's it's just very empowering, and that's what I do with the coaching. It's 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 empower people to to take control of their own lives, mm-hmm. and you know it takes guts to follow your partner around and be a nomad, a tandem nomad. It takes guts. It takes a lot of courage, and um, it's. It's, it's, it's not always an easy ride. Mm-hmm. And not everyone will understand that, that it's not an easy ride, except when you're in it. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, um, and that's where I help people along. And um, it is about learning to adapt to change. It's about self-empowerment. And it's about regaining a sense of direction in your life. Um, that's your own. While you tandem along wonderful this is an amazing way to actually (laughs) start ending this interview i love the way you just summarize it that it does take guts you know and that the whole journey is about finding our path and you know how we can make a difference and and how we can be happy while traveling the world and I really love the way you, you summarized it. But before we say goodbye, I would like to go through the spinning round with you. Are you ready for the spinning round? Sure. <laughs> so what are your plans for the coming two years? The plans are to keep going. <laughs> we don't have plans to leave Zambia yet. Um, we're happy where we are. Zambia for people who've traveled Africa is, 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 is definitely Africa light. So we're happy where we are. Um, and, um, we're not ready to leave yet. So that also gives me a chance to, um, establish my portable business, mm. um, make, give it a stronger foundation still than it has at the moment. And How I'm very excited that? about that. How, how, how is it for you? What are you implementing to make it a stronger? Um, I'm implementing, I guess, also a lot more virtual services, which, and market those, and, yeah, get my name out there. Using um, technology and internet, right? Using technology and internet, absolutely. Um with that network you can come a long way and it doesn't really matter where you are and it also gives me the chance to um, enter the market here in Zambia more because I don't want to just have a distance office no, I love people I love working with people and actually being able to to have eye contact and see what they're feeling instead of just listening to a voice and not always knowing what that voice is hiding you know um 
I like what you're saying uh, here because, you know, one of the things I try to insist a lot in Tandem Nomads is to use internet and use technology to grow our businesses and be able to make it portable. But it's also important to not forget the real world and connect locally with our world. Otherwise, what's the point of traveling the world if our whole life turns around, you know, internet and all the virtual support there is there, which is great. But I love the fact that you insist on also creating your network locally and, and making a name for yourself locally. Yeah, it takes time, but it's it's very valuable. On top of it, you know what? You meet people here who are, again, also going to spread their wings somewhere. Mm. So that also carries your name along. Wonderful. And that's uh, it's like it's 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 like a drop of oil in a puddle of water. You know, it expands. Exactly. <laughs> that's what you're trying. <laughs> so tell me, which book would you recommend to Tandem Nomads? I have this awesome book that I read in two days in mm. Spain last year. And it's The Crossroad of Should and Must, Find and Follow Your Passion by L. Luna. It is fantastic. It tells you to draw your own path <laughs> and not to worry too much about the path that other people think you should be following, but to really create your own with what matters most to you. Nomad Nation, please <laughs> go to the show note page of this episode to find all the information about Kirsten. Kirsten, could you actually tell us how? what is the best way to find you? The best way to find me would be through my website um, that has all my details um, and Facebook group in- included. Thank you for sharing your story here and all your great adventures and what you've learned from it. Uh, Thank you for um, hosting it. It's wonderful what you're doing. I think you're opening up eyes to a lot of issues and a lot of things for people who live our lifestyle and who aspire it too. Well, thank you for your support. So Nomad Nation, the website of Kirsten Wissman is www.claritycompasscareercoach.com claritycompasscareercoach.com and on this webpage you will also find the link to download Kirsten Wisman's free guidebook to be able to build your plan and make the changes you want for your life and your career. To connect with other expat partners from around the world and share great inspiration and tips together, join us on our private Facebook group. Go to facebook.com and join Tandem Nomad Group.